Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The Recession Podcast with yours truly, Jeezy. It's a production of Black Effect and iHeartRadio. This is Jeezy, Grammy-nominated urban philosopher, philanthropist, and entrepreneur. And this is my show, The Recession Podcast. For years, I used my music to highlight the struggles and issues facing this country, the economy, politics, protests, mental health, and more. And now, strong voices are more important than ever before. On this show, I will speak to powerful people from all walks of life to have real conversations about change, perseverance, and hope. And each episode will feature a sample of a song from my new album, The Recession 2. So without further ado, let's begin The Recession Podcast. Let's get it. Today's conversation is about the double-edged sword of fame the highs, the lows, and everything in between. My guest today is no stranger to the spotlight. She's a singer, actress, and has collaborated with me on my last album, The Recession 2. Ladies and gentlemen, none other than Demi Lovato. Welcome to The Recession Podcast. But before we get started, here's a sample of the song that inspired this conversation today and is entitled, My Reputation. Let's get it. Uh, this is our first time meeting face to face, virtual. The new, the new norm. Um, we we uh, linked up a few months ago. Your team reached out for me to get on a record, which was phenomenal. Thank for, you uh, for whatever project you was working on at the time. And I heard your voice, and I was just like, "Wow, like this is like she she." I got to bring her to the cookout. So ah, I reached thank out. You. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. reached out and. Um, Asked her to join me in uh, Lil Duval on my reputation on 
uh, my latest project, Recession 2. And here she is, ladies and gentlemen, Demi Lovato, my Hello. sis. Thank you for coming to the Recession Podcast by Jeezy. Yes. Um, and that wasn't even your introduction. That's my introduction oh, to you. Yeah, so that, 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 you. <laughs> that was like, you know, I had to give you the the bro bro introduction. And yeah. um, I just, you know, it's, it's crazy because when I when I when I first um, really started getting into um, who you are as a person, I was just like, wow, like she's deep and she's she, she's dope. And you've been a star for a long time. Yeah, like a very, very long. I, you know, I've been. A, I was a star at the Amico. That's like the corner store where everybody hang mm-hmm. out and everybody knew me like Lil J. But uh-huh. I was about, I was about ten too. Just so you know, I was about ten years old and I was shining a little bit. But you've been a star since you was ten. Like, how, tell us about that. Well, first of all, say thank you for everything you just said. That was the best introduction. You're so awesome, and <laughs> I'm so grateful that we got to work together because. Yes, this I, I feel like my reputation is so fantastic as a song, but like also the other song that you did that we did together called yes. uh, well, I, I, I don't know if I can even say it yet, but um at that one I feel like you just go off and it was an honor having you on that record. So um so thank you, first of all. You're and you're welcome, you're welcome. And um, secondly, yeah, I mean, I started in the industry at a really young age. I started on Barney and Friends uh, when I was seven years old. And so I've been working on sets um, since I was seven, seven, eight years old. And it wasn't until I was about 14 that I booked my first Disney job. And then, but the second you book something with Disney Channel, I mean, that fan base, their fan Mm, base, mm. they know who you are. You don't even have to like have filmed a project as the second you book it, the fans know. And I was recognized um, before I had even shot anything. It was wild. Wow. It's, it's yeah. crazy because I think I was watching Barney back then. So I might have been a fan <laughs> and didn't know it. <laughs> I oh my I was, gosh, that was <laughs> You know, Barney was a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, but what, 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 I mean, what was that like? So, so as you growing up, is this something that you you want? Like, is, are you just naturally the life of the party? Are you the one that's doing all the routines at the at the Christmas tree? Like, how does this work? I started um, in beauty pageants actually, because in the South it's a very common thing for um, for you know people to get involved in beauty pageants, and so I did. And from beauty pageants is where I got hooked up with an acting coach and then an agent Mm. and all of that. And so it kind of got the ball rolling on that. And, but I had also been performing like in the talent show, you know, at my school every year. And I just, I love performing and I knew I wanted to be a singer and I didn't know how I was going to get to the top, but I knew I wanted to make it. And so I just focused real hard and worked at it. Wow. You say the South, what, what, what the South part of. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You from what's Rudy's Chicken and all that? Okay. <laughs> and you know Clark. what? I think I never had Rudy's Chicken. Well, listen. Go next to- time you go to Dallas, you going with your yeah. girl. We take you back home. We going to Rudy's. We going to turn oh, up. Hell yeah! Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go to Rudy's Chicken. I love Dallas. Dallas has its own. Um, it has its own personality. Like you know, yeah. people when you see them from Dallas and and their music scene is jumping right now, and that's dope. So, so you started off so young. Is is so? Was it something like um, your parents pushed you to do as far as like 
You know, because like even my dad, you know, he thought I was cool. I mean, I couldn't sing, you know, <laughs> definitely couldn't sing. I thought I could dance. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, he, he tried to push me in other directions. But sometimes, you know, when you're that young, it's it just intriguing to me that you would know exactly what you wanted. Like, you know, you kind of. Yeah. Well, I think I didn't totally know, obviously, because when you're that young, you you don't know what you're getting yourself into. And mm. I think my my mom was a country singer and um, wow. she she was really, really close to making it. And um, she opened for some really really awesome country musicians, George Strait, Reba McIntyre. And, um, you know, so I think I was around her singing all the time. So I knew that like, I, I knew I loved music. And then when I started singing, um, I started performing in, in my talent shows at school. And, and my mom was just really supportive of that. And she really encouraged me to just follow my dreams and, um, you know, I think the the beauty pageants, it was like a way for me to get on stage and perform without mm. making it big time yet. Right, <laughs> and right, right. So it was just like it was kind of convenient. We had family members that had done the pageants for years. So we got involved in that. And, um, and then it kind of just evolved into a career. You know, I think it, even if I was. I don't know as much as I love music now, I, I don't know if I would get into the game again mm. if i could start all over again because it is such a it's a crazy industry and it's it's right. kind of like nobody's really supposed to be idolized the way that that musicians are um just as humans we're not supposed to mm. be put on that pedestal so it's right. it's really interesting when you start to think about it and hell no i had no idea i was getting myself into that at five right <laughs> But for you, for you to say you wouldn't do it all again, because I, I know through like a, the beginning, so so vice versa for me. So I chose music because it was a way out of poverty and in mm -hmm. my situation. I was trying to dodge uh, a lot of things that were coming at me, and and it's it's crazy because I think about that too. Like, would I do it all again? Um, mm -hmm. Because you know, I left one game and got into another. And you're looking for a safe haven there. And it's really a little more cutthroat because at least the game I came from, you know, you know, the rules and you know, the consequences, but this is a little different because you got cricket lawyers, you got cricket mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. you got, you know, the industry's really cutthroat. Nobody's really loyal, it's, especially nowadays. It's so different. And, um, and, and to hear you say, you don't know if you would do it again. It's crazy because sometimes I think that to myself, like, damn, like, is it really worth it? And, and it's crazy mm -hmm. that you say when you're idolized because I had to realize myself that it's not me because I'm not yeah. that great. I'm not that great. <laughs> it's, it's my gift. You like, you like my right, gift. Right, right. You like, you like what wow, I'm able to right. do uh, when I put it together. And when I, when I started to come to realization with that, it made it a little easy for me to cope because it's almost like you're in this position where people look up to you. They look at you mm -hmm. like you can make no mistakes. You can do no wrong. And you're going, no, nah, like I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm making mistakes every day. Yeah, I'm trying to definitely. figure out things every day. I'm fighting my own, you know, situations and my own turmoil and my own problems, my family things. And I'm dealing with that and I'm trying to keep it away from what I do. And then when they see you, they just idolize you so much. And it's mm -hmm. just like, you know, you you love my gift. It is, it's not me. I'm not that right. great. You know, right. <laughs> you know, right. So I, had to, <laughs> I had to come to grips with that. Yeah. Um, what would you say would be like the gift and the curse in the game? Because I feel like it has a lot of gifts and it does have a lot of curses. And, and, and I think you got to kind of 
balance it out somewhere and take the good with the bad, like my grandmother used to say. But I mm-hmm. think it just has both. I mean, could you could you speak on um, any like gifts you felt like or any curses you felt like you had to work through? Is this as far as uh, fame is concerned? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like the biggest gift um, has been being able to help others in whatever mm. capacity that is, whether that's lending my music to someone on a lonely Friday night and right, they're sad right. and they're going through a breakup and they need someone to be there for them and they don't feel like they have anybody. That's been the biggest gift is like being able to help people and touch people's lives in a way that, you know, you can't just do through, um, I don't know, red carpet pictures, right, you know, right, it's, right, right, it's, right. it's so much bigger than that. But um, I think the, the, the tricky part about it is the privacy and the fame. You mm. know, I think, if I could do it all over again, I might go and I might have gone into songwriting more than performing because I love creating the music and I love writing and I love, uh, but I, but I, I sometimes envy people like Sia who have the ability to, you know, cover their faces and live life as a normal <laughs> right. person, kind of. Right. Um, I mean, she deals with fame at a, at a crazy level, so I, that's a bad example. But, you know, it's it's things like that where it's like, maybe I would have picked, I would have selected this industry, but a different role in it right. so that right. I could still create, but live privately. Mm. So I still want to, you know, we'll elaborate on that, but while we speaking of masks, I do want to ask you what DJ Marshmallow look like because I didn't figure this shit out yet. <laughs> I'm like, this is a little cutie. He's so what cute. I, I was like, oh my God, why do you wear a giant thing on your head? Right. I'm like, if I saw him yeah. in the elevator, I'd be like, <laughs> um, yeah. It's funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, it's, it's crazy too because when I first got in the music industry, I, I was, um, I wanted to be a CEO. Like, I wanted to be this executive. Mm. I wanted to be, um, you know, the, the, the boss and I was mm-hmm. spending my money to put other people on and it just didn't work out that way for me. Mm. And when I was kind of forced into, um, having to be an artist, um, it, 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 it was, it was fun at first. Like I was, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knew me, which they did already from the streets, but then it got to a point where it was overwhelming. It was like, mm. I didn't have any, I, I, I couldn't find my peace at times. You know right. what I'm saying? And then it's truth be told, like many people just, I'm, I'm really naturally an introvert. Like seriously, mm. <laughs> I yeah. can be by myself. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> right. I can be yeah. by myself all day and, yes. and I'm better that way. I'm better. Yes. I charge, I charge more, you know, and, 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 you know, getting to that point where I just started open, being open-minded, like, you know, read more books and, and, and mm. just, you know, focusing on like, working on myself, that's that's when I feel the best. And I feel like when I got into the industry and, and, and the success hit, it was harder to do that because, um, you know, you're being pulled and, you know, pushed from every direction. And it just like sometimes it get it get overbearing and it just like you have to just stop and just naturally just find yourself and go, okay, this is where I'm at. And I'm going to do what's in my heart and what I feel and not what somebody's telling me. Because once the money starts coming in, everybody's like, you should do this. You should stand there. You should hold this. You should drink that. It's like, yo, I'm trying to stop drinking. Why you got me (laughs) holding this bottle? (laughs) Matter of fact, bring me another one. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And it it was that. And it was crazy because I was like, I was like, uh, I was watching TV one day and I was like, um, I was like 260. Wait. You know what I'm saying? I'm naturally like a slim guy. 
And it was because all I was doing was partying and eating Waffle House and drinking Cristal. And I'm just looking at myself <laughs> and I'm like, on TV, I'm like, yo, I got to really do something. So yeah. I went on a whole thing between my second and third album where I just started researching all these books and um, and just finding out about health, mental health. Oh, that's amazing. Um, you know, just, you know, health, personal health. And I just went, I realized I wasn't even drinking water. Like, it was crazy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Was like, I was like going like months without water because I'm just wow. like, yo, drinking and mm-hmm. having a good time. And, and, and long story short, I just started, um, I, I started to, to look better, to feel better. Um, and I lost 60 pounds mm-hmm. on my own, you know, just, you know, working out, getting up, doing my thing every morning. And I never felt better. And it just gave me a, such a, like, just like peace because I did it on my own away mm-hmm. from like the industry and all the yeah. noise, you know? I think like we have to, when we're projected onto these pedestals and these screens, I mean, literal screens, millions of screens at a time, right. we right. have to figure out how to come back within and we have to center ourselves. We have to ground ourselves and whether that's through meditation or it sounds like to me, like you found it through exercise and, and book and reading, like that's incredible. And it's just like, we have to take, we have to remind ourselves to take these times um, or or just these breaks throughout our career because we'll just run ourselves to into the ground. If we don't, you know, it gets Mm. exhausting and we have Mm. to, I I was kind of, you know, I've had a, I've done a lot of self-reflecting this year um, because of quarantine. I've had so much time at home to stop and think. And even when I didn't want to, you know, I had no other choice but to think. And, um, and so I've done a lot of self-reflecting and and learned a lot about myself this last year, but it's because I had, I had that, that time Time. to to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And right. it, it, it's so important that we allow ourselves those moments. Yeah, the words of a wise man, either you're going to get better during this pandemic or bitter. Ooh, <laughs> one wow. Yeah. 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 And it's crazy that you say that because I, I think a lot of people are really finding themselves um, in this pandemic because you have a lot of time to sit and be still mm-hmm. because we're all on the same playing ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you get that quiet moment where you just sit there. You go, you know what? I, I should have done that. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try yeah. it. I mean, which which brings us here. Like I wasn't a podcaster, but I I want to talk to interesting people. Yeah, and get some and get some insight. That happened during the quarantine, by the way. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Know? Yeah, right. that's so really I wouldn't awesome. done I wouldn't have done that on my own. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of Black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. 
Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. So talk to me about, so, so now you, you, you went from being a child star. Now you're a rock star, so to speak. And, and, and I love the way you said help people through uh, a Saturday lonely night. Do you go about writing music that way? Like, do you know the, how your words will, you know, transcend or, or connect with people or how they would take them? So you're writing them to, to, to help them or you're writing them to, to release for yourself? Well, I think it started out when I was 15, making my first album. It started out writing for other people. And I would, because I, I, I had this, my management was like, all right, you have an album to make and we have to release it by the summer. Well, this was March when right. um, this happened. And so I was like, all right, I got to put together an album. So I cranked out, you know, however many songs were on the first album and uh, just and wrote them, but with the idea that it was going to be this album. Now, right. throughout my life, I've utilized going into the studio as a therapeutic tool Absolutely. to help me. And so, when I, if even if I'm just inspired, you know, if I'm um, if I'm excited about a certain style of music I'm listening to, and I'm like, I would rather spend my Friday night in the studio than out and about doing whatever. Like that's what I'm going to choose and it'll be therapeutic for me and I'll make it personal so that it's cathartic, but at the same time, people can relate to it and Mm. then it helps other people. And so uh, I've learned to kind of uh, change my priorities from making albums to help people to, all right, let's just like do this for you. 
then mm-hmm. you share it with people. And if it helps mm-hmm. people, awesome. And if they don't mm-hmm. relate, then they don't listen to it. And who cares? Right. right. <laughs> so, no, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause you know, as artists is, um, I've, I've, you know, you have to be your truth is somebody else's truth. So if you're going in and mm-hmm. you're pinning out, um, the way you feel nine times out of 10, somebody out there is going to feel you yes. And, and, yes. and be like, yo, that's, that's, that's what's up. I mean, even when I was, writing a lot of my first music I was I was um not I was writing what I thought was the way you write records because of what I've seen mm-hmm. and heard in the past mm-hmm. and the minute yes. somebody the minute somebody sat me down I was like won't you talk about the real things you do and I was like well one I don't want to go to jail but but when I when I figured that part out I was like you know what right. I'm just gonna tell the truth and that's and that's the, around the time that my career um you know, started to to move forward is when I started really being like truthful, like every road, every word that I, I wrote. Speaking of truth, like you open up to your fans about like just um you know how you feel about mental health and health. Period. Let's 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 talk about that. Yeah, so I've been really open about all of the struggles that I've had over the years. Um, my my life has been um you know full of ups and downs. I've had many highs, many lows. And some of those lows, um, I, it started out in the beginning of my career. Um, I talked a lot about bullying because I had been Mm. bullied in middle school and it was like, you know, when social media was just beginning. And so it, I dealt with the, the online bullying and that was just a different experience. And and it was terrible. I left school so that I was an advocate for anti-bullying. And then then I went to treatment for an eating disorder. And um, then I became an advocate for, you know, eating disorder recovery and um, trying to raise the awareness about that. And then I then I started to talk about my issues with sobriety and um, and substance abuse. And um, and, and I've had a very public struggle with substance abuse um, over the past few years. And, you know, I, I, I think the best way to go about, um, helping others when talking about mental illness is just like having conversations, letting people know that they're not alone. Um, because Mm -hmm. we all know somebody that if we're not dealing with it ourselves, we all know somebody that's dealing with a mental illness of some sort. And, um, we have to take the stigma and the taboo away from it. We have to talk about it and just. Um, once we start talking about it, we can bring it into schools. We can bring it into, you know, conversations with, with younger audiences and, and so that they don't feel isolated when they get into an age where they're starting to deal with depression and things like that. Mm. They can, they can have the tools to be like, Oh, I learned about this in school. I am going to do the tools they taught me and I'll be okay. You know, it's like providing that awareness is so important. And this year more than ever, it's more important right, right. because so many of so many people who have never had mental illness or, or mental health issues, um, their whole lives are dealing with it this year because of the amount of stress and anxiety this year mm-hmm. has brought people. Mm-hmm. The uncertainty and 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 and, and just the, the undue stress of not knowing where the economy is and where the world is, right. and you having kids that's having to sit home um, during the quarantine. This subject to um, abuse now and now they can't leave their abusers 
Right. Um, you got, you know, you got women going through the same thing. They, they, they're stuck in the house with abusive husbands and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. It's crazy because I, I mean, I just, when I talk to you, it's like, you're such a like angel. It's just like, you just oh, so like you. angelic. It's just like, I'm like, yo, my sister's been through some real shit out here. I just got to call bro the line. Like, yo, yo. yeah, we but, should, we, we, we'll connect on a, on a, yeah, um, yeah. on a non-broadcast yeah, and call yeah, I and I'll tell you. you the real shit. I, lo- I love it. I love it. But it's crazy that you say you became an because I know your voice reaches so far. And, and even for me, like, you know, even when I went through my little spills of things, like, and, and I said this, I think on the, um, uh, another podcast with Dr. Jess, she's a, um, she's a therapist and um, mm-hmm. a psychologist. And I was just like, you know, I was going through these spells and I didn't even know I was depressed because we don't yeah. talk about it. So there right. was no awareness when I was coming right. up and being bullied. Um, you know, I don't even know what that's like because when, when you think about it, you know, if you are on social media, which, you know, most of us are, mm-hmm. you know, is is how do you prevent your kids or your loved ones from being bullied? You know, because it's there, but we're not discussing it. So it might hit them a different way because for us, it was in a classroom. Right. Or at PE right. or, or at lunch. But now it's you know, social and they're, and they're, they're on social media. And I, I, and I, and I commend you for bringing awareness to it because bullying is something that wouldn't come off the top of my head when you think about what's going on in the world, but it really happens. Yeah, definitely. And online bullying, I feel like can be really insidious, especially with kids, because, you know, it's, it's, it can be something as little as a subtweet, you know, or, uh, It can be, it starts off that way. It starts off as a subtweet. It starts off as something, you know, not that big of a deal, but then it can get really brutal and people, kids can be ruthless because there's not really consequences. I think at that age, Mm. uh, legally, you know, Mm -hmm, for people, mm -hmm, they don't mm -hmm. understand the, the repercussions of their words until someone does something. And I was close to 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 doing that and um w- you know i i was dealing with depression on a on a astronomical level at that age because i was getting no support from my peers at that time and okay um but yeah it's just some, it's something that's it's really it's it's new and it's a concept that i think adults didn't really know how to process or like um, talk to their kids about. And so I was like, Hey, this is what I dealt with right before I got with Disney channel. I'm going to talk about it. And because other people need to know that it, you know, it'll be okay. Um, it, that, I don't know, there are consequences. I don't know that laws need to change so that harassment online is taken as seriously as physical harassment. In my opinion, right, and yeah. I think because it's it's so um, it's so you know because you, you can people have ghost accounts and yeah you know it's just so it's so tricky you know what I mean mm-hmm. but it's just like the one thing that you would arm somebody with <clears throat> because social I, I don't know if you watch uh, Social Dilemma which is yes. a, um, yes. a, a documentary on Netflix and when I watched that I was just overwhelmed like by just like the dams because it's like these people yeah. designed these um apps to to um to basically control human beings to right. to to make us the product to have people um you know herded like you know sheep and 
put in certain places so that you can advertise and then to see that, you know, turn into something that people can almost use as a weapon because you got kids out here that, you know, commit suicide just because right. of, you know, um, DMs or, or, or it makes right. it easier for like sexual predators to, to um, you know, to contact kids. So I, I, mean, I really commend you on that. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Um, you said you said you went through some things um, at a time where you it was substance abuse. Was that like something you like understood while you was going through it that you had to just because my mom and, and, and people before me went through it. But my mom, she came out of it, you know, and, and, and she came out strong and, and stronger. Yeah. And um, and, and I, you know, I applauded her ever since. And I just know that's like a space because I had my thing where, you know, I came from my family and it was more so like, you know, my my mom and my dad they drink, so you know like right. my, like I was drinking mm-hmm. like a fish and didn't really realize that you know it, it was a lot, right? And I had to really fight it myself. So I'm just asking on your end, like what was that for you? Yeah, mine was more drugs. Um, I I was never really a big drinker because um, my eating disorder didn't really allow me to. Uh, mm consume that many calories without that much guilt. So I was more, yeah, to me, it was like alcohol. It takes too long and there's too many calories. So I'm just going to go straight for what too much work. work. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I'm just going to go for what I actually want. And and I did. And I, and I, I ran my life into the ground and um, I think there was, it was a culmination of so many things. It was childhood um, and, and, other traumas that had manifested that I'd never took the time to really dig deep and look into. I think because scheduling, I didn't have time. Um, right. 
Right. And two, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready until this year. I I dug wow. deep and did a lot of work this year, actually. Um, and I don't know if I would have um, had the had the time. You know, I don't know. I I just it, I was finally ready, and so right. I'm I'm in a great place now. And I have a a documentary uh, coming out next year that you know is it tells it goes into detail about what substances i um you know was abusing and 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 all of that so the details are are kind of saved for all of that correct, correct. um but but yeah it's just like in in 2018 i i um i had a very public drug overdose and right. um and and almost didn't make it and i'm and when i did it really woke me up and I had to really take a look at my life and be like, all right, I shouldn't be here today uh, right. from a doctor's standpoint. What makes me unhappy and what do I want to live for? What? And, and so I really started taking a look at my life and um, I just started living. I realized that my food stuff was a main catalyst behind that. I needed to heal my eating disorder before mm -hmm. I could... Mm -hmm. consider myself recovered from substances but yeah it's a it's a journey and and I'm still learning about myself every day and I, and I don't right. ever want to stop to be honest right right I get nah. off on on learning more about myself <laughs> I, can, I can see it I can see it in your eyes you're like yeah, yeah. Yo. <laughs> I'm like, let's go let's <laughs> it's going yeah. down yo I, I commend you though because I, I when I when I when I started speaking with you I'm like yo she's such a G though but I can <laughs> see where you. you where you went through uh you know you you went through things and you just seem like a fighter to me like you just seem um, it's like some somebody that's strong mentally, and it, and it takes these you know these small um, you know knockdowns for you to get up even you know stronger. And even the eating disorder thing, because I don't really I'm I'm not really um, aware you know I, I've heard about it, but mm -hmm. like you you look great, like you know what I mean, like you like like we like you like this, you know what I mean, like we don't want you to. And, and and it's even that like just three things you just named me. Um, Sometimes your mission in life is bigger than your gift because you are an artist, you are um, an actor, you, you you have been successful, but it seems like me, your mission is even larger. And speaking mm -hmm. of that, um, even with the song you sent me, um, I just felt like you was taking a real stance for the people. And I'm like, I got to take her to Rudy's Chicken in Dallas because she got to see what she's working with. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I got to so go excited. take her to Dallas with the homies. Yes. Like, y'all y'all remember oh, little yeah. Demi from around the corner? <laughs> yeah, she back. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, but it just, you know, and, and I check you out on the gram and it's just like, I just see you like you just stand for a lot. And, and, and I've been watching uh, what you was doing when, when all the, the, the racial tension was going on and and, 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 you know, getting ready for this um, last uh, election, you know, how you was pushing going into this um, this Georgia Senate race, how you pushing with well, the Senate race, how you pushing. Um, what is where does that come from? Like, where, where's that passion for politics and the people and to let your voice be heard? Like, where does that where does that come from? So I think at the beginning of this year, I wouldn't have seen myself doing all of this. I think that mm. there was. There, because there was a couple of factors that came into play because I did work on myself. I was able to look outside of myself for mm, once, you right. know, it was no longer about my struggles and my, this and my story and blah, blah, blah. It was like, 
I'm so done talking about that. I, you know, right, like I'm, right. I want to fight for other people now. And mm. I, and I, and I, there was, I don't know. I, I know that you had to have had this feeling too, but I definitely had this feeling of like, I was pacing in my house during the lockdown and watching the news and thinking, what the fuck can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Mm. And, and I would stay up crying because I would watch these videos of these men getting shot or strangled for doing nothing. Mm. And that infuriated me. And, and here I am looking at a, a house and a roof that I have over my head. And I credit that to the, the black woman that I grew up singing to Whitney mm. Houston, Aretha Franklin. And then mm -hmm, even mm. the white women that I grew up singing to, they were influenced by the black women. So it's mm -hmm, like when mm -hmm. I did a, a dissection of, okay, where did this roof over my head come from? I was like, I don't feel good about just sitting here and not speaking for people that have majorly influenced my life and, and given me so much and, and affected me and inspired me. Like, I don't feel good about just sitting here and not doing anything or posting selfies on my social media account. Um, I have to do more. And so that's when, you know, I brought that track to you. I started posting more on my social media accounts, less about uh, what, what I was doing in quarantine and more about like what the fuck was going on in the world. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I realized as we were getting closer to the election, I just, the more, the more anxiety I had, the more I wanted to post and the more I wanted to get it out. And so that's how I kind of coped with my stress and anxiety was like, I, I want to help so bad. And I don't know how, so I'm just going to do as much as I can. And, mm. and I don't want to stop and I want to keep going. And, and it's been so stimulating for me, um, spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, like I feel stimulated almost sometimes more than I do just from getting on stage and, and singing to adoring fans, you know, like mm. the, as, as amazing and incredible as that is, um, I, I, there was something about being able to actually help people and make a difference um, that, that really kind of shifted my thinking into, all right, what is the trajectory of your life going to look like now? Because mm. you're taking on more of an activist role. And is that what you want your future to look like? Mm. And, and I think it is, I want to take on a more activist role and I, and I want to fight for people and, um, it's just, you know, it's so much bigger than me and I, and yeah. that's the story I want to tell. Right. I that's, told that's, my story for so long and it's bigger than me now. <laughs> right. That's so. that, that's that, that's that, that, um, that, that mission, because mm -hmm. a lot of the things that you, you've been through to me, they, they made you who you are today and this new person that you're becoming. And and the reason why I say, because I had to work on myself a lot as well, because mm -hmm. I, I I brought a lot of, uh, you know, just bad things in with me, and I had to just work my way through that. But a lot of people see me today and go, "No, you 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 like how oh, you evolved, you changed so much." And it's like, "Nah, I just started putting people first, and mm -hmm. that's a that's like the first step to healing, you know, is yeah. to start to to have a bigger cause than yourself and to. Yeah put energy into helping other people. And that's how you're right. You, you, you become fulfilled yourself because if you make it all about you and you're not doing well mentally because you have things going on, that means the whole ship has stopped. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but if yeah. you if you if you're looking out for people, you're 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 doing things outside of yourself, and that's a a, a great part of um healing. You know, and I, I've been through that shit myself, so I, I feel you on that. But it's crazy because it looks good on you. Look like you like you ready for the world. Like you <laughs> like you like, you're like when quarantine over, I'm popping out. You know. I, no, I, I'm- Speaking of quarantine being over, um, what, what are your plans? Do you do you have new music coming after the quarantine? Like, you, what, yes. what are you thinking? Talk yes, to me. What you got? Can we t- can we talk about it? Can we get some exclusive here? I mean, you know, what? I'm gonna give you the tea, and then if okay. they don't want me to say it, then they'll take it out. <laughs> but because the tea is, I am releasing an album and a documentary next year, nice. and I just couldn't be more excited. I've been working on this album since 2018, okay. and um, you know, my life has just taken so many twists and turns right. um, since then. And it's changed the direction, the sound, the, the stories. And then, you know, you know how it is when you're making an album, one song trumps another one because what it's about has more meaning now than your last relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just things like that. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to release all of this, new music but the 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 documentary i'm excited about too it's a docu-series right. and um it'll it'll be on youtube and um i i'm gonna tell my story and just where i'm at where i've been what i've been up to this year and right where i'm going yeah it looked like you go wherever you go and just send me just drop a pin drop your yeah, ad, your ad <laughs> i'm gonna I'm I'm pull up i'm gonna pull up <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> see what's going on out there so 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 for for those who um are out there in, in in podcast world listening, you know this this is a great friend of mine, um, great soul, great person, Thank you. Um, straight G she's from she's from the <laughs> triple D if, if if you don't know, and it, it's just crazy to see you made your way from you know some a, a place like Dallas to L A and find yourself so comfortable there and and it's just like you're working on yourself every day and I could see that just being yeah. you know just a friend and mm-hmm. I commend you for Thank everything you. you're doing for using your voice and, and, and your influence to to help and to 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 reach and to teach people and I thank you so much for stopping by oh, the podcast you. and the recession podcast. And if you need anything ever, <laughs> your big brother is here. You thank know just you. let me know and I'll pull right up. Thank and I, I and I can't wait till the quarantine is over so we can hang out. You know, yes, I can take definitely. I, I can take you to that cookout I was telling you about. <laughs> yes, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Demi Thank Lovato, you. she got some things in the making. Thank you so much, sis. Be safe. Thank and you. And anytime I'll you need you me, I'm here. For okay. Sure. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Recession Podcast by Jeezy a production of Black Effect and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. 
That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 